Howdy, this is Daniel Evans, Race Boss Race to Alaska. Thanks for listening to the update. Today is July 3rd, and no, zero, no boats coming in today. <clears throat> we do have five out there in the field. Those are teams Oracle, Kairos, Track Kayaks, Ravenous, and Dock Rat. Dock Rat is, let's say, in the final finisher category right now. I had a chance to talk with Jim a little bit, and his spirit's really high. He's saying he's just ducking out of storms and uh, hitting the weather when it's fair, trying to make his way up here. He may be the first one to get the old sweep by the sweep boat, but he says he doesn't even want an engine if it was offered to him. Very interesting. You may have noticed also that I did not mention Team Torrent and the boats out in the field. That's because yesterday Josh had to call it quits. Uh, he, his legs, his legs locked up. He had uh, some problem maybe with his kidneys. Ended up on a boat after some kayakers helped him out, heading back towards Bella Bella to the hospital there. His Virginia doctors say that he was suffering from ketoacidosis. What we're going to do, though, is I talked to him a couple days before that while he was in Shearwater getting his board fixed. And I'm going to play for you that phone conversation because it's a story of the first half of the race for him. And it's, it's tremendous. It's epic in proportion. It gives a really good idea of what he went through to get as far as he did. He really put it all out there, everything. And so I think, it's a, I think you'll really enjoy the story. Okay, thanks a lot, y'all. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I just paddled the hardest 200 miles of my life with uh, with no rear fin, sort of like riding a bicycle with with uh, very loose handlebars. I, I so, watched that video that you put out. I just watched it like 10 minutes ago. Uh, yeah, but talking well, squirrely. Um, yeah, I mean, literally uh, going sideways many, many times. I mean, almost the best conditions that I could face were was head on because at least the board would go straight. But anything from the left to right or from the, or from behind, from behind would just, you know, like a normal downwinder you, you pray for, I get a downwinder and, and um, you know, any good wave and I'm just turning side. I'm literally turning completely sideways and around like a, like a whirlpool. Was that, Josh, I noticed, like I was watching your tracker, and there's that, there's that one piece just south of Shearwater and all that where you make kind of like a large box. Like you went and then you went over, then you went back south, and then you came up north again. Was that due to like wind conditions and your broken board? It it may have been. There were there were some times where you know I was struggling. Again, it uh, it was probably more emotional than it was because I just keep finding in my head. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit, Josh. I don't know what happened, but you're breaking up. Okay. Let me go more out and open. Let me try a different spot. Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty nice right there, too. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, I, what I was saying was it was this has definitely been, especially the last 200 miles. So when I left Seymour Narrows, it was that night. And so I had all of Johnstone Strait and then all of Queen Charlotte, and um and so we were getting beat to death by the north wind going down Johnstone Strait and so I think everybody and everybody with paddles you know veered off to the to the east to take the eastern route which everybody knows is not the best route because then you're on the on the leeward end right of everything hitting there and then especially those those inlets coming in those rivers coming out which was just an amazing nightmare and but it had to be done because you couldn't make any progress down Johnstone so once um 
once the fin box was gone and, um, you know, it literally became, I've got to get to the, to the only place I know that I can get this fixed in fiberglass and put the fin back in. And that's, that's, um, Bella Bella. And then of course they directed me over here to, to Shearwater. But so 200 miles without, without handlebars. Dude, I can't, I cannot imagine. Oh my God. I cannot. Oh, imagine. I mean, if, it, if it's not hard enough, I mean, if it wasn't hard enough, geez, Daniel, thanks. <laughs> Wait, and did I hear that, uh, you, all your electronics kind of like washed overboard and you've been navigating with your wrist compass and laminated charts? Yes, that was, um, you know, so the, the biggest challenge for me, you know, when I say the biggest challenge for me is not the 750 miles to Alaska, but the distance between my temples. Right. It's because, well, um, the, the, the brain, um, deficits, the cognitive deficits that I'm most challenged with. One is memory, but bigger than that is, is simply put as ADHD. It's a dull onset ADHD and that's uh-huh. from the brain injuries. And so what happens is I, I, I do one thing, I put something down, and, and I think to myself, okay, I'm going to put this here and I'm going to tie that off. And I look over and then there's another thingy. And I pick that thingy up and I'm going to, oh, well, I'll just put this over here right before I tie this down. And that thought is continuing. And then I'll look over and, I'll, and I'll, as I put that down, there's another thingy and I've completely forgotten about number one. And completely, like it's a race. And so then I'll stand up and paddle and I'll never, I never tied my GPS down. And so that's what happened the first time. The other two, um, the other two just, they died. My waterproof GPSs, I guess, are only waterproof on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, probably right. <laughs> yeah, you need West Coast waterproofing when you're, when you're over here for sure. Right. So then, but then, so that, where that gets worse is, um, you know, so the fin box is gone. I'm, I'm riding on my bicycle with no front handlebars. Um, I don't have GPSs, and I have uh, two compasses. One's on my wrist, one's one's a wristwatch, one's my watch, which has an electronic compass, and then one's on the board. The one on the board has been crushed, so it doesn't work. So as I'm paddling, as I'm paddling along, literally, I go to paddle. I paddle a left paddle stroke, and I literally like watch in slow motion my wristwatch just fall off my wrist into the water. And I mean, it, it, it was, it, I can't even describe it. it. It's sort of like, like, why did that just happen to me? You know, something that I've never, that I've had that watch forever. And it just said, it's time for me to go because I'm at R2AK. <laughs> Wait, where, so where were you when you lost all compasses? Where, where, where? uh, Johnstone Strait. Oh my! So you were from Johnstone so, Strait? To, well, no. To so I water? had. Oh. Oh, so okay, I yeah. have one compass left. So I have my wrist compass, right? And it's a good compass. And um, and so I'm I'm literally because anytime I take anything off or on, I've got to remove that compass, which is like, you know, I'm thinking about putting it on my neck. I'm thinking about because I'm like everything that's gone wrong so far. By the way, there's a new rule. There's Murphy's law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And then there's the law at R2AK. Everything will go wrong. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, so, um, so now it's the, now it's the ordeal with the compass because again, um, the board is now taken on, the board weighs about 80 pounds now. So my 55 uh-huh. pound board is taking on about 25 pounds of water. We got a scale. And 
so it's it's a big barge. And so I'm, you know, just really physically, physically challenged. Not so much my, my body, but my hands because of pulling so hard, you know. Like mm. your hands are your weakest, your weakest link. Got it. And then, um, so now when I go to hit the beach, of course, I've got to drag that board. I can't lift it with one hand anymore. Mm. It's a two-handed tug. And so literally it's like step, step, boom, step, step, boom. Every... You know, from the, to the high water mark every single time, and so that just became so incredibly fatiguing, so fatiguing that I just started sleeping on my board alone, so that oh. I basically would find a calm, calm water, and you know, I'd have water on my back and just wrap myself in my space blanket and anything I could warm, and just go to just sleep, which was not good sleep. Uh, so you were just drifting, adding, drifting on your board. Yeah, just sleep no. and and try not to. I try to get in a place that maybe wasn't too strong, you know, right, and right. out of the out of the shipping lane and away from the crash zone of the rocks. Right. And, and 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 only and only of course when it's calm. So right. now the biggest challenge is is um, for me is has been keeping track of this wrist compass. And I know that sounds like so silly and so stupid, but you just if no, anybody no, no, can no. can understand that. You know, I'm I'm like holding on to this wrist compass like, like it's my it's my it literally is my lifeline. Yeah. So yeah. now because we're taking longer, my of course my I'm not listening to the radio anymore because I've got just enough radio that I can call for help mm-hmm. and radio battery and because um, I need to get to the next checkpoint. And so I finally get to uh, one place where I, where I beach because I've got to get some good sleep. I beach. And, uh, and, and I sit just above the high tide line, so I'm, I'm gonna wait for the crashing waves to wake me up, you know, or the first bit of water to wake me up. Mm-hmm. And I leave that beach, and I look at my wrist, and my wrist watch, my wrist compass is gone. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember where this is, but I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm still 70 miles away from Bella Bella. And, uh, and that was, that was the moment that, you know, I, I said, well, I left it on the beach somewhere. I'll go back and, and find it. So, of course, I went back to the beach, beached my my uh, my barge again, searched around the rocks, couldn't find it. Searched all my bags, couldn't find it. Got back on the water, and I was and I basically said, well, this is it. I'm going to have to press my spot to call Daniel because I don't I I don't have a compass. You know, I'm, I'm basically going, I've got to, I'm like literally going, okay, I've got all these things going wrong. And I'm going, okay, I know the sun and the moon and I can navigate off the stars. And I'm going, come on, man. You know, that's, this is crazy with the weather that's been going on. You know, that's crazy. It's, it's time to make the call. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, God. So, and this happens twice to me. So I, I go back from the beach. And I go and I uh, I just walk the the logs one more time and I sit down and look down and my compass is there in the rocks and I'm like oh, no way. you have got to be kidding me what the hell are you serious oh my god it's like it's like in a crack down in the the rocks oh my gosh and uh, you know you you, you just all you can do is look up at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. 
And and the irony of that is like thank you for the continued suffering at R2AK. <laughs> <laughs> so um so I continued on and uh got to Bella Bella and then we've just gone through the saga of trying to find the glass man who's Rick who lives out and little, you know, sack, and so getting in touch with him has just been an amazing saga here. So, so finally, as I found somebody that could help me with the glass, because my hands, I can't run a tool because my hands are so swollen. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, like Rick just walks in, and he's he's very he's older and he's very he's crippled, and he but he gives us the guidance that that we need. You know, we were about to use the wrong materials, and he says, "No, nope, you need this. You need this cold cure." So literally, we're doing it right now. Um, and he said, by the way, don't, don't leave in the morning. You know, you need to give this a good, you know, 18 to 24 hours or it's going to work its way free and you're just going to have the same problem. You're going to be without a tail fin. So, uh, probably leave tomorrow afternoon and, uh, and, and then I'll be back on a, uh, I'll be back on a bicycle with a steering wheel. And won't that be nice? That doesn't weigh 80 pounds. <clears throat> well, I, I, we can't get the water out. Um, you can't get the water out? No, there's there's no way, there's no time that that would take forever because it saturates the saturates in the foam, and so it's the front it's the front fin, forward fin box as well that we're so we're glassing over the sides, we're basically glassing those and covering it up completely so no more water can get in. But every time that that moves left or right, it's like a suction, you know, just back and forth. It just suctions water into the board, so the board is just so heavy. You know, it's a two man carry or a drag. And um and that's fine, you know. The weak point is my hands. I went and I got some real uh thick industrial gloves, you know, mm-hmm. with like rubber grip so I can just make like a hook and oh, yeah. uh and that'll be it. I'm just I've got two hooks and my back is strong, my mind is willing and I'm gonna get to catch you. What um are you sticking with um chart and compass? Or are you trying to get yes. on the navigation stuff? You're sticking with the chart and compass? Oh no, so no, so we got um so we dried out one of the GPSs, but I'm only using that for positional because I I just don't these these waterproof GPSs nothing is waterproof, and so I've had them it's not, you know I've got them double bagged and everything else, but the the problem is on a paddleboard is I mean you are just in to say you're in a wet environment is an understatement you're in right. a bathtub. You know, right. so eventually everything gives way, and eventually things are saturated and, and filled with water, and they just don't last. So what I'm doing is I've got a Pelican case uh, from 511, and that anything that is it's bomb-proof, that's waterproof. Yep. And so I, I keep it in there, and I'm only navigating off now, off compass and, um, and charts, and then if I get confused, you know, I'll, I'll check my position. And uh, continue on. Solid, solid plan. Yeah. My, I mean, gosh, what? A, I mean, what? A, you had me on the edge of my seat this whole conversation. <laughs> this is in, oh. in, this is incredible, Josh. You are. I mean, what a challenge! I've been, what a challenge! I've been on the edge of I've been on my edge of my seat this this whole time. You know, especially you know, especially that last compass loss, and and just like literally, like facing. Like at the only and the only way that it, well I you know I've got my radio you know but the only way is I'm going to be on channel 16 calling the coast guard or I'm going to be I'm going to be hitting my spot and the only way out of here is to is to say uh, I'm done 
you know, and it's and it's so simple. I've lost my compass, you know. It's like, hey, hey I just needed you guys to throw me a compass and I can continue, please, you know. A, a yeah, compass that's like the one thing. That's the one thing, yeah, that's that's the one thing that I never want to lose is my compass. Yeah. Right. Uh, exactly. So I was able to also buy a, a spare compass here as well. Oh, good for you. Right on. But they but they don't have any watches here, so I'm uh, and I don't care. Can I tell you something that to me has been absolutely magical about this whole thing? Yeah, I'm I'm all ears. So you know, I'm dealing with the board, and I'm dealing with you know that was the first issue after leaving. Um, Seymour narrows, and I'm dead going down just so I'm dealing with trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. And I go, well, you know, I've I've got the rudder, but the rudder is not stiff enough to provide stability, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also not stiff enough to provide direction because it, it wiggles, it moves. It's it's something that I made. It's like homemade. Uh-huh. And um, and I and I as I'm paddling and I'm just going, well, you're just gonna like always just focus more on your paddle stroke and making your paddle stroke straighter. And so that became the thing. And then, then my watch falls off. And, um, and I kind of, I'm like, well, what do I really need my watch for? Well, time distance, that's pretty important for navigation. But I'm like, hey, you've got the tides, you've got the sun and the moon. What do I really need? And, and with that, within a day, I just, I found myself Looking around me much, much more because I, I wanted to know, I wonder what time it is. And, and I, so I began to notice a lot, a lot more. And then the GPSs are gone. And with that, and I began navigating off compass and, and charts. And with that, that's when, like, the door opened, the window, the, the curtains flew back. And I began to really see where I was going, where I was traveling through the beauty of this land, the beauty of the water, all the rocks. I mean, everything went into HD, high def. <laughs> it, it was, suddenly my head was up. And I was no longer just looking at a map and following an arrow. But I was, once again, following the terrain and, and counting mountains and counting rivers that come out to the left or right or inlets or, or uh, the curvature that I was seeing. And, and, uh, and it was... It was absolutely, uh, I don't even know the word for it. I mean, somebody can come up with a word for it. It was ab- absolutely enlightening. I mean, it's, All, and, you know, I'm reminded of, right, the Polynesian navigators that did everything to their senses, right? And, yeah. and maybe, this, maybe this would describe it for you, but, and I've had that opportunity myself. But what I felt, and, and yours is going to be magnified um, for sure, but it's too, I was so incredibly present in the moment. Yes. Yeah. And that's that was also, you nailed it. That was also, Daniel, that I really, I just had to um, find a way to be in the, in the moment. I just said, stop all the, it, it literally, all of, all of these issues, all of these problems, which were all in and of themselves, each one a big enough reason to stop. Yeah. But all of these compounding issues simply made it a way for me to say, quiet the anxiety, be here now, and you're absolutely fine, and you're moving in the right direction, and 
But the weather comes, you'll deal with the weather. And if the storms come, you'll deal with the storms. And you're going to continue forward one paddle stroke at a time and one yard at a time if, if that's what it takes. Josh, you know what's funny? I, so I realize that um, – I'm trying to cut you off uh, – but that I know you're going to make a catch, and I feel that confidence. I feel it in you, too. Um, but even if you don't, I, I just realize that you've, like, won. You've, like, totally won this contest. Which is uh, you, what you have overcome, the place you brought yourself to, right? I mean, that's victory. That's victory right there. Congratulations, because yeah. that's incredible, man. Well, thank you, but I'm going to make it the catch again. I, I know you are. That's why I started But if with you that. don't, there is no, but if you don't, there is absolutely, and you know, because look, it's sort of like, it's sort of like this. When you put, when you put a hundred dollars in the bank, you know, it's pretty easy to spend that hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a hundred. It's a hundred bucks. When you put a million dollars, when you put ten million dollars in the bank, you really start thinking about every purchase. You know, it's <laughs> valuable. You have worked so hard to put that million dollars in the bank. And let me tell you what, buddy, I have put a freaking million dollars in R two AK, and I am getting to Alaska because I'm not spending a penny more. Come hell or high water, what else? What else do you got for me? I mean, I'm literally, I'm Lieutenant Dan on top of the, the mask, showing, bring it on! Real. What do you have for me? I'm going to make it to catch can Alaska. Okay, just don't don't yell that too loud. There's still some forces out there north of you that you, you want to play at least a little bit nice with. But you know, it's funny okay. that you are. You sound different. You sound totally different halfway through this race. Um, wow. And in a really Thanks. beautiful way, I, I just I'm just I, coming I, back. To what, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, it is. I'm just coming back to what you said about like, like yeah, realizing like, yeah, I'm here, I'm safe, and I have the facilities to do this. I I have, you know, I have landmarks that I can follow. I can watch the sun. I can time my tides and and get into a rhythm that doesn't need all of this access. So the access can be good, right? Navigation, electronic navigation. No one's going to throw sure. that away. Good stuff. But right. I love yeah. that place of certitude that you came to. So just really fantastic. Yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, there was a point in time where I went about 24 hours without water, and I just said, um, and I, you know I'm paddling hard. And yeah. and it's very different when you're without water on a sailboat and when you're without water on a stand-up paddleboard burning eight to 9,000 calories an hour. <laughs> I believe. And, or a day, I'm sorry, a day. And um, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, I, I um, you know, some of those times I was doing circles, I was looking for water on different islands, and and uh, and I just kept saying it'll, it's going to come, it's going to come, and I finally ran into the first majestic waterfall and uh, filled up. And I said, I, I knew it would, I knew it would come. Don't, don't worry about it. And so this is, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, R2AK has been a, so much more than a physical or mental experience for me so far. It, it, it's been, uh, life changing and, um, almost spiritual. Well, I tell you, man, we we're here for you, and I'm not leaving until you get here. And um, we're yeah, we're we're here to welcome you in and celebrate uh, this incredible thing right you're doing. Please have uh, now. Carl was supposed to bring me a pork butt somewhere on the water, 
that was our that was our secret unplanned plan support <laughs> and, and we felt like because it was Carl and you know on a, you know from the previous year and because stop, it was yeah. me on a stop that that would be absolutely within the you know the rules and um intolerable and so uh but he because I went to the east and not to the west like he told me to do um to, to Vancouver Island which he did uh, then you know it became impossible for him. Plus the weather was was bad. I mean we faced some some interesting weather this year, you know back and forth daily, you know three four changes. But um, mm-hmm. when I do get there, my request from you is a pork butt a and pork one butt. more thing, <laughs> a pork butt, one more thing, and a Guinness, and that's all I ask. A pork butt, right. pork butt and Guinness. I'll put I'll put it in the hopper. You got it. Pork butt <laughs> all <Guinness. right>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Josh, fantastic. Best, I mean, yeah, that's the best. The best eating on a ketogenic diet, you know, pork butt, just loaded with fat, just high fat. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna trust you on that. I'll see if I can find it. I mean, it's catchy. They're probably gonna have pork butt here. They do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's the last hey, one. Everybody roasts pork butt. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna take off. Uh, Oh, how are your feet? Are your feet coming back yet? I heard they're, they were uh, in, in some tough shape as well. Uh, my feet are in tough shape. Uh, you know, they're swollen. My calves and feet are swollen. You know, I'm, I'm sure Carl was the same way. Um, you know, they're, it, once you get a sore out here, that that's it. You know, so cuts are a cut is devastating because it's only going to get affected. So I've had yeah. a couple areas that have kind of gone into cellulitis and you know, and I had the the swelling and pus, but I've got um. I've got loads of antibiotic that I continue putting on. Both hands are incredibly swollen when I stop paddling, even for a minute. Um, they just they stiffen up real quick. I use the water, you know, that's very cold. I, I so put my gloves in the water often as I can, and then the wind, you know, chills them to the point of ice. Uh-huh. So basically, I'm I'm trying to keep my the swelling down with uh, with uh, the ice water. Um, yes, I've, I've got some cuts and, uh, some blisters. One blistering cut that's kind of like in between on my uh, middle finger on my right hand and kind of rolls up in between the fingers. And that one's probably the worst, most painful. And, uh, I'm just, yeah, they're, they're huge. The back of my hands are, uh, the skin is sloughing off just from the water immersion. And wow. so that's kind of pain, that's painful. Are they getting are they getting better with your stay at Shearwater? You're able to give them some TLC. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving them some TLC. Lots of ice, Just lots of ice, and um, I'm using the Inlight uh, um, uh, light therapy that's uh, to try to reduce the swelling, and that's that's been helping. Huh? And what else? Other other than that, it's just kind of really really take care of them. I just, I'm yeah. continually just throwing whether it's uh, antibiotic or Vaseline. That's the kind of the cure for, or not the, the treatment for trench foot when you're still in it. Because um, what you don't want is the, the feet to get to the point where they begin to crack. Um, and once they begin to crack, that's, uh, that becomes so painful. The other thing is, yeah, the feet, um, the neuropathy has already kind of, uh, has begun. So, and that's from immersion foot, you know, so you, you get these, uh, the nerve pains that go, you could feel it shoot down your ankle in right to a toe. It's like a lightning bolt. Well, and then it just, it feels like somebody's driving a nail into your, in your, into the end of your foot and your toes. And, um, and that neuropathy really, that's the, emer- that's the emergent foot. That's trench foot from like World War One. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, and all you can do is, you know, I paddle faster. Yeah, my calves are the size of large, uh, I like the size of bowling balls. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty rough, you know, but there's there's an end in sight now. You know, I don't have any more checkpoints to go through, and it's a long way away, and that that's okay. Um, we're gonna, we're definitely gonna gonna get there. Oh yeah, you're you know, you're a lot closer um, today than you were three days ago, right? That's it. It's one yeah. paddle stroke at a time that that you get there, you know. And I I can see that distant shore. I can I can smell it, and I know that there's people there supporting me. I know oh, yeah. that, you know, and that's the connection that I'm paddling for. That this everything everything I ever wanted. For Operation Torrent is happening. I am facing the torrent, and I'm overcoming it one day at a time. And what comes tomorrow, I'll do my best to overcome. And and I don't put it up. I don't put it past Mother Nature to to just whip my ass and put me on the rocks in a, in a crumpled crumpled mess. But the point is is that when she does, that I will still be crawling forward. When the Coast Guard <laughs> flies in to, to retrieve my body. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hold off on that scene for a little while, Josh. Right on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you. Okay, good. So good. One more, one more little thing. I know it's going yeah. so long. You know, I got yeah. I got hit by a rogue a rogue wave, and I was probably thirty. I was traveling up um, the Queen uh, Elizabeth. Or it's not Queen Charlotte. Um, oh yeah, Queen Charlotte Strait, Queen Charlotte Strait. Harbor Strait mm-hmm. Sound, and uh, so I'm just staying outside. The, the breakers on the rocks are, you know, they're about fifty, forty, fifty feet out, and there's like three, four foot waves, and um, and I'm mainly watching that because I don't want to get too close to the rocks and get crushed, right? Right. And um, but at the same time, I'm not getting out in the open where there's a lot of the wind. There's like this this very narrow sweet spot. And so suddenly the board just rises. Like I'd suddenly get on the freight elevator, and I and I mean I shoot up ten feet, and I know what's happened. This is a wave, and uh, so I go up and I look to my right with the rocks, and this thing breaks hard. It is a big ten foot wave, boom. And naturally I look to my left, and on my left is its twin sister, and I and it's breaking. And it's breaking at the top. And it was, uh, when you talk about your life flashing before your eyes, in that instant, I went, this is, this is absolutely the worst possible thing. Now remember, there's only like three foot little swells coming at me at this point. Right. Suddenly, this is out of the blue. And then, and this is right at these rocks. And so I dove down on the board and just kind of put my, my shoulder into it as it broke. And I just hit the bottom of the break and I just, Barely tucked into it. It rolled me one time and didn't carry me. And I literally, I did a complete circle under the water. I came, I came to, and it breaks. And I, I like looked up and I looked to my left and there's nothing but like still water and these little three footers that are kind of just gently coming again. And the only thing I thought was that was from Daniel at R2AK. He just tried to murder me on the rocks. But, I, I mean, it was – I don't think it was – aside aside from the cold and the risk of hypothermia and the constant exposure and, and everything going through, that was such a fluke. And I, and I went, you really – I mean, that was, that was pure, definitely bone-breaking. 
at the at a minimum. You know, uh-huh. going into the rocks on that kind of wave oh, yeah, would, right, would right. be absolutely catastrophic. You know, you'd be lucky to have survived. You know, best case is you're dead because it's going to really hurt so, so bad, and you're just going to be hitting your EPRO right after that. But I'm just going, what in the world? What more can you have from me? You're trying to kill me here at R2AK. (laughs) You're literally trying to murder me (laughs) on this water. It was such a rogue wave out of the blue and at that moment that I went, that was like a sniper shot, man. (laughs) It was. It literally was like a sniper shot in Baghdad. That out of the blue, suddenly a bullet hits the wall right beside your face, and you like, and then you hear the report of the round, and you and you go, huh, you missed, huh, <laughs> you know. I mean, just, but your life passed before your eyes. For the record, uh, we actually want people to finish, okay? <laughs> but just yeah. recognize that it is a hard body of water, right? As you know, it is. My goodness, yeah, it's very difficult, very challenging. <laughs> The best in the world. I love it. Yeah. Well, Josh, thanks for calling me, man. And thanks for giving me an update. I was I was very curious, like I said, talking to Molly about it. And uh, I'm glad to hear the state of mind you're in and that you're getting the repairs you need to keep on going. I think right on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Daniel. I'll see you uh, in Alaska, okay? I can't wait, man. I'll see you then. All right. Take care. Yeah, Bye. See you.